A trusted voice of truth and light. The narratives that mislead most of us aren't outright lies. They're the deliberate omission of facts that could give us a more complete picture. And a rally point for those who've accepted the reality that they are not sheep. The world needs your leadership. And the essence of leadership is using your influence wisely wherever you happen to be standing. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, welcome to the show. Do want to mention that uh, my program is brought to you by Alta Bank, also by, sorry, Landmark Risk Management and Insurance. I got distracted. And I appreciate them being sponsors of the show. You can find contact links to them right at the bottom of the show notes. There's a little place there for sponsors. Click on it. It will take you directly to them. And you can tell them thanks. Thank you so much for sponsoring this program. So welcome to the show. I, I have a sense, only because I've been watching the numbers here lately, and uh, they are growing. It's, I mean, I, I hate to say this, but uh, it seems like uh, crisis brings people out of their comfort zone and maybe looking at new sources of information. If you're one of those people, I'm going to do my very best not to disappoint you for tuning in, for, for giving it a try. Um, just a couple things I would want you to know up front. Um, what I say, I say because I actually believe it. I don't have a corporate muzzle over my mouth. I don't have a, a particular um, advertiser that I'm beholden to that I must tow the party line for them. As far as I know, the Communist Party of China has not uh, managed to uh, infiltrate my uh, very independent organization here. And so what I tell you may or may not be gospel truth. I mean, I try to speak the truth the best I can to the best of my understanding. But there's, I'm, I'm human. I'm going to get things wrong. And there's plenty that I don't know. So if you can just approach it from that standpoint, know that I don't expect you to believe whatever I'm, I'm sharing with you or whatever you know, I'm offering an opinion on. It's up to you. You're the one who gets to shape your worldview. I have some things I'd like to contribute, not because I'm right and you're wrong, but because there may be a broader perspective than either one of us previously realized. Usually you don't find out about that, though, until you actually talk to people. And there's not a lot of that going on. Have you noticed how hard it is to talk with people, to be truthful with people? And I'm not talking about, well, I'm going to just tell you how ugly your baby is kind of truthful. I'm talking about being able to face hard facts, but still be productive in how we do it. In other words, when, you, when you're going to be truthful with somebody, you're not sitting there sharpening knives. Oh, I'm going to be truthful. Yep, I'm going to slice you to ribbons. So if you're finding difficulty, and I suspect most of us are, I mean, I'm looking, look, I'm seeing videos start to crop up now of people losing their jobs, not because they were the ones who stormed the Capitol or did anything overt, but simply because it's understood. Oh, yeah, she's a Trump supporter. I saw a video of two women thrown off a Delta flight. They were talking about Donald Trump, talking about their support of Donald Trump. I don't know if they were shouting it at the top of their lungs. I don't think they were based on their reaction. They, did, they just didn't have that. To, they weren't fighting as they were being let off the plane. But somebody didn't like what they heard and to cat calls and cries, get off the plane. Yeah, people clapping and stuff. They were escorted from the plane simply because someone caught on that uh, they were supportive of Donald Trump. They were not wearing MAGA gear or anything like that. Do we really want to go there? I know a lot of people have turned off their brains. I, I, I get it. We're at a point right now where half the country 
thinks that the other half of the country deserves to be locked away in a mental institution. And that's that's if they're feeling kind. Half the country believes the other half of the country is out of touch with reality, like deluded, delusional. How do you have a productive conversation with anybody under those circumstances? So a couple of quick suggestions, then I'm going to open up the lines. There are people who are spoiling for a fight right now, and I'm here to tell you that uh, you don't have to join that fight. There are people who will say they're on a crusade, and if you don't join it, you're a bad person for not being part of their crusade. That's not true either. It takes something more than shame or anger to truly motivate people to do great things. And if somebody's trying to make you angry or if they're trying to make you afraid, it's almost a sure bet they are trying to gain or obtain some form of control over you. And just so we're clear, none of us is under any obligation whatsoever to help somebody else subjugate us. And that's true in a physical as well as a mental sense. So to avoid adding fuel to the fire, here's my quick recommendation. Be very careful of the information that you're ingesting. Take the time to vet things before you share them so you don't have to walk it back. It, it not only wastes precious time when we send out misinformation, but it damages credibility. Which, if you haven't noticed, is an incredibly rare and precious thing in our day. So be careful what you're sharing. Be careful what you're saying. Don't share misinformation if you can help. And stay informed, but at the same time, don't stay plugged into the matrix so long that you come away saturated with fear. That's what you're going to get from most mainstream sources, is the healthiest dose of fear you've ever seen in your life. Don't spend a lot of time there. It will mess with your mind. I don't care how strong you think you are. Be informed, but look for information that's actually useful. Not just stuff that makes you feel fearful or angry. All right, let's get to the phone. 801-331-8113. Ray, thank you for your patience. Welcome to the show. Yes, Brian. Thank you for taking my call. Now, uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of a twist here. Um, you know, I think if people aren't really focused, they'll miss my um, my upside-down point or backwards point. So I, I, I kind of took away my... Um, thunder by saying that um so here's here's my first statement nancy pelosi and the democratic leadership are protecting the constitution from liberty (laughs) (laughs) i would agree i would agree and they're doing a fine job of it boy are they protecting it (laughs) and they're protecting us from liberty um (laughs) okay so Here's my, uh, I have a few points here. Here's my number one point. Now, now, put yourself in the position of going to Washington, D.C. and listening to Trump, and nowhere in his, you know, speech did he say, okay, now go and, and break into the Capitol and break windows or, or you know, anything like that. He didn't you, say, you know the argument they're using, that. though, right, Ray? The argument they're using is he should have known. And I look, Trump is a lot of things omniscient. I don't think he is. I look, I looked at uh, there was somebody had pulled up like eight incendiary things that Trump said at that rally before people went and assaulted, you know, the the Capitol. None of them was incendiary in the least. 
they were no. they were spirited, they were but they weren't calling for any kind of violence whatsoever. No, exactly, and they're true. Okay, so here's the second question on this subject, and that is, now come on, pitch, if I picture myself there, or you picture yourself there, or all of the hardworking, you know, um, average Americans, you know, that that voted for Trump, over seventy million, you know, now. Would if you have forced your way into the Capitol, and then after forcing your way in the Capitol, would you start breaking windows? And 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 I mean, come on, I, I there's no way I would do that. No, and the vast majority of people who were there, it's out of the question that that's something that they would engage in. Now, were there people who did that? You better believe it. We've all seen the video. Um, what side were they uh, on? Were they? I think that's very much in question. I'm, you know, I'm not ready to say, oh, yeah, I know they were all Antifa. Uh, they used tactics that were consistent with Antifa, but I don't know for a fact that they were, you know. And they were dressed like Antifa. Well, they were, they were dressed like activists. And Antifa has yeah. kind of set the fashion standard. But, look, we don't know who it was, you know, the, that augmented those efforts and actually, you know, in, encouraged it. Um it was rowdy, and it was wrong, but the way they've been talking about this, like this was the worst thing since the Holocaust, please. Because right now Congress is poised to, you know, it's, it's throwing a, a totalitarian tantrum because somebody came uninvited into their house or their space. And yet, to really, you know, I mean, looking at, the, looking at what real rioting looks like, you know, we had like several months to kind of judge what a riot was or wasn't. I find calling this a riot really overcharging it. Well, at the at the um, the, the rally, they, they were allegiance. They were praying. They were holding hands. I mean, if I was at the you know steps of the Capitol, I would have said, "Okay, let's all sit down and start praying." You know, I mean, I I wouldn't encourage you know fighting policemen. I mean, someone even took a fire extinguisher and he hit a policeman in the head and killed him. I mean, come on. You know, I mean, right now, Nancy Pelosi, they're crazy. I mean, what is it, nine days before? They're scared. You know, um, they're very scared and they want to hold on to power. Ray, I'm going to cut you loose here. Thank you for your call, though, and thanks for weighing in. Look, I know we are at a weird place. I feel it just the same as anybody else. You want to talk about it? Call me up. 801-331-8113. We'll be back right after this. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. All right, welcome back to the show. How many people are really okay with the idea of, you know what, if I don't like that idea, or I don't like the person who's saying it, I would censor it. I would back using force to take that person's, uh, you know, right to speak away. I know people are looking at the big tech companies and going, hey, well, they're not really using force. I mean, come on, they're private companies. I get it. I get it, my Beltway libertarian friend. I get it. But what do you say when it becomes pretty clear, or at least clear to people who are paying attention, that those big tech companies are actually carrying out the bidding of their political cronies? 
I mean, you look at who has been limited and who has been pulled off of all the various platforms in the last 72 hours, who's been denied servers from which to operate to the parlor app. And this is this is the kicker. Ron Paul, one of the most consistent voices for liberty, not just for the Libertarian Party, for liberty. Finds today that uh, with no explanation other than repeatedly going against our community standards, Facebook has blocked him from managing his Facebook page. Now, this is remarkable in that never have they received any notice of violating community standards in the past. Nowhere is it identified in what uh, Facebook says is the offending thread. All I'm saying is that net's getting wider. And if you find yourself cheering at the idea that, yeah, it's good to silence those ideas because I don't agree with them, you're going to feel really stupid on the day that your ideas are the ones that are being filtered and silenced. So you don't have to become a Ron Paul fan to recognize that's a really that's a bad thing. Of, Of all the political messages out there, Ron Paul's message has been the most consistently freedom oriented, peace oriented, you know, not imposing this on you by government force oriented of anything I've ever seen. But I guess that's the point, right? It's because he talks about freedom and approaches it from a principled point of view. That is too dangerous. I mean, there may be some, you know, Alex Jones that gets swept up in it. And I don't mean to pick on Alex Jones. There's some things the guy was actually factual on. He also was a bit of a caricature because of the way he went about delivering whatever message he was delivering. Sensational. It was a good shtick. And I think it made him a lot of money. And maybe he believed a lot of what he talks about, but he's he's a showman. Ron Paul, not so. And even so, I just want to make clear, just because uh, Alex Jones offended people, I don't think it was right for them to deplatform him. I mean, for crying out loud, that's the kind of guy who will draw members and viewers and listeners, <laughs> you know, and contributors. This seems like we're headed into a very dangerous place where ideas are considered too dangerous for you to even consider them. I mean, I, I am not famous. Very few people outside of this little circle of influence have any idea who I am or what I stand for. But I have a hunch that the ideas that I espouse here may be some of the most dangerous of all. I'm just a little bit uh, discouraged that I'm, I'm not enough of a troublemaker to, to attract their attention. Not that I'm wishing for it, but clearly, if, if you are perceived to be someone who could credibly deliver a message counter to whatever um, the power elite, some of it's Pelosi, some of it's people behind the scenes, but just if you, if you are in a position to deliver a message counter to theirs, they're canceling you, at least your online presence. You don't have to agree with the people being canceled to think that's not a very good idea. Let's go to the phone. Rob, thanks for your patience. Welcome to the show. I guess people are going to have to go back to the yellow pages. Telegrams. You're going to have to do that. I mean, it's it's obvious. You can't allow these people. Amazon, great idea. Beautiful, beautiful thing. But you know what? When you start doing, it's terrible. It, it's it's not american and we can't stand for it so people need to revert back no matter what they, and, and it's a hard thing to do because they've conditioned you to be in these little townhomes and these condos and 
You don't have the ability to raise your own animals and, and provide your own meat. And your water rights are gone now. All these things. People are going to have to learn how to basically cook on a wood-burning stove. You're going to have to go back to that. And, and, and no matter how hard it sounds, you should have been practicing, practicing these things all along. Because this is what they've done. They've corralled you into this tech world. And you can't do it no more. You're going to have to drive old cars. You're going to have to... Everyone, they, they just conditioned everybody. I watched everybody do this. I watched everybody fall right like, like the flies went into the trap. The Venus fly trap is closed on you people now. And it's time for you to wake up. You're going to have to learn how to go back and trade and barter with your friends and neighbors and not go to these big box stores anymore and try to sort out the mom and pop places. Go spend your money there. The farmer's markets. Your local cattle ranch. Here, here. Yep, CSAs. If you're not familiar with what a CSA is, get online, learn about them, and support them. They're, they're around. Even, even if you live in a very populated area, you'd be surprised at the amount of locally grown produce that you can have access to. Yeah, you're going to have to learn how to go to your local farmers. They're, they're already, I can see it here in Utah. They're already starting to ramp up it where they're raising their own cattle. They're butchering them themselves, and they're wrapping them for you. And the... That's where you're going to have to go buy your meat. That's the smartest thing. Get on KSL. Go support your local farmers. Spend your money there because you're not going to want to be getting your meat from foreign countries. I can, I, you ever raise a pig, Brian, and butcher it yourself? Nope. Helped a friend do it, though. Okay. Did you notice the color of the meat? Um, I'll be honest. I was freezing my butt off, so no, I wasn't paying that close of attention. <laughs> You go raise your own pig, Brian, and cut it up yourself and compare your pork chops to the ones you're buying in Costco or Smith's or any other supermarket that raises these things in mass quantities. Just look at the color of the meat. That's all I got to say. Okay. Wake up, my friend. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate the call. 801-331-8113. I'm still just a little bit geeked out of the fact that, uh, really, they went after Ron Paul. Facebook has... uh, Here's why. Because Ron Paul is one of the tamest, most reasoned, least bombastic defenders of freedom out there. So for somebody to go after him, that does not bode well. When we come back... We're going to talk a little bit about the moral certainty that drives this kind of thinking, the kind of thinking that can excuse not just, uh, you know, silencing the speech of others or doing their best to, to limit others free speech, but also to cancel them, deny them job opportunities, deny them public transportation. I mean, to essentially relegate them to second class citizenship. I'm trying hard not to to engage in hyperbole when it comes to uh, trying to describe what I've seen in the last 72 hours, particularly from uh, the political leadership in Washington, D.C. And this is not just the Democrats. There are Republicans that are in on this as well. They are scared. They are recognizing, I think, for, for the first time in many of their careers, that the people have caught on. We are starting to understand the the amount of distance between our government and us. 
And they're terrified of losing their hold on power. That's the only reason I can think of for why they would go as hard and fast as they are going right now to suppress information, to to get Trump out of there quickly. Feet first, if necessary. We got to get him out somehow. Deplatforming people who have been, uh, you know, spreading various messages of freedom or at least opposition to, you know, the, the powers that be. By the way, not violent opposition, although that's how they're trying to portray it. If you're if you if you're not marching in lockstep to my message, you are a terrorist who's preaching death and destruction and urging people to kill me. Man, they love their victimhood. Oh, they love it. We got some interesting days ahead of us. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. All right, welcome back to the show. Again, for those joining us for the first time, I'm really happy that you are, you know, trying this on for size. Hopefully you've stuck with me so far. I haven't uh, made you run screaming for the exits, but um, but I want you to understand that, you know, I may not have the answers here, but I, I want to I want to be able to face the hard facts squarely, not try to minimize them or pretend that it isn't so. At the same time, I don't want to be the buzzkill that leaves you going around feeling dejected and you know, nihilistic for the rest of the day. Well, you know, we're all just going to die eventually. Uh, I want you to understand that uh, hard times, especially those that might be directly in our path, are not something any one of us would look forward to. But I believe that those hard times require people who are who know right from wrong, who understand what matters most and are willing to stand up and exert their influence in a way that only they can do. In other words, it's going to be different from person to person. And if it sounds weird to hear me say this, I'm sorry for some people, this may actually flip the right switch and they'll go, yes, this is what I've been looking for. I believe that if you are hearing this, if you are within the sound of my voice, you are one of those people. I think you are one of those who has a role to play. I don't know if it's a big or small role. All I know is, however big or small it is, it is significant. It is essential that you play that role because I think it was given to you by your maker and that you are the only person who can choose, if you choose, to make it happen. And if I sound like maybe I'm just, you know, not not so much fearful, but actually a little bit excited and almost anticipating things, I think are going to get very tough for, for everybody, all of us. But I have this conviction in my heart that we were born for this time and that many of us are going to be given the opportunity to discover a personal greatness. And I don't mean the kind that we're boasting and patting ourselves on the back, but I mean a personal greatness that actually affects and lifts the people around us at a time when they really need it. I think we're being given that opportunity. There are more people probably searching right now. What can I believe in? Because they're scared and they've been shaken out of their comfort zone. You and I need to be the kind of people that they can look to and know by our actions, by how we conduct ourselves, by how we speak, by how we treat others, that we are someone who can be trusted to make good decisions, to be steady, to be optimistic, even when things are not going well. You are one of those people. 
because I think I've scared off everybody who would say, no, that's not me. (laughs) They've already clicked off and left. You're one of those people. Don't run from it. Embrace it. Magnify it. And rejoice that you were given the chance to do it. There's always been hard times in the world. And sometimes, you know, civilizations or societies pass through this this very difficult gate of a really supreme trial. We're facing a pretty tough one here. I don't know if this is the supreme one, but it's it's definitely not one of the easier things. Now more than ever is when we need to be clear and independent in our thinking, willing to, you know, suss things out and look up things to make sure that we're, you know, not off track. And also we need to be the kind of people that others who are looking for truth, looking for light, can approach us and feel comfortable with it, not feel like they're being, you know, prodded there at the end of a bayonet. All right, I got to jump off the soapbox here. Sorry, that uh, that was on my mind. I've had that message in my heart for a couple of days. I have shared it. I've done my duty. Now I want to share something else with you. This is from Ron Paul. And this is regarding how the war on terror comes home. He says last week's massive social media purges, starting with President Trump's permanent ban from Twitter and other outlets, was shocking and chilling, particularly to those of us who value free expression and the free exchange of ideas. The justifications given for the silencing of wide swaths of public opinion made no sense, and the process was anything but transparent. Nowhere in President Trump's President Trump's two offending tweets, for example, was a call for violence expressed explicitly or implicitly. It was a classic example of sentence first, verdict later. Many Americans viewed this assault on social media accounts as a liberal or democratic attack on conservatives and Republicans. But Ron Paul says they are missing the point. The narrowing of allowable opinion in the virtual public square is no conspiracy against conservatives. As progressives like Green, Glenn Greenwald have pointed out, this is a wider assault on any opinion that veers from the acceptable parameters of the mainstream elite, which is made up of both Democrats and Republicans. He says, yes, this is partly an attempt to erase the Trump movement from the pages of history. But it's also an attempt to silence any criticism of the emerging political consensus in the coming Biden era that may come from progressive or anti-war circles. After all, a look at Biden's incoming experts shows us they'll be the same failed neoconservative interventionists who gave us weekly kill lists, endless drone attacks and coups overseas, and even U.S. government killing of American citizens abroad. Progressives who complain about this back to the future foreign policy are also sure to find their voices silenced. Those who continue to argue that the social media companies are purely private ventures acting independent of U.S. government interests are ignoring reality. Ron Paul says the corporatist merger of private U.S. social media companies with U.S. government foreign policy goals has a long history and is deeply steeped in the hyper-interventionism of the Obama-Biden era. Big tech long ago partnered with the Obama-Biden-Clinton State Department to lend their tools to U.S. soft power goals overseas. Whether it was ongoing regime change attempts against Iran, the 2009 coup in Honduras, the disastrous U.S.-led coup in Ukraine, Arab Spring, the destruction of Syria and Libya, and so many more, the big U.S. tech firms were happy to partner up with the State Department and U.S. intelligence to provide the tools to empower those the U.S. wanted to seize power and to silence those out of favor. 
Did your eyes just fly open wide, or did you already know this? Okay, just checking. Because I'm guessing for a lot of people, that hasn't even been on their radar screen. Ron Paul says, in short, U.S. government elites have been partnering with big tech overseas for years to decide who has the right to speak and who must be silenced. What has changed now is that this deployment of soft power in the service of Washington's hard power has come home to roost. So what is to be done? Well, he says even pro-free speech alternative social media outlets are under attack from the big tech government leviathan. There are no easy solutions, but he says we must think back to dissidents in the era of Soviet tyranny. They had no Internet. They had no social media. They had no ability to communicate with thousands and millions of like-minded freedom lovers. Yet they used incredible creativity in the face of incredible adversity to continue pushing their ideas. Because no army, not even big tech partnered with big government, can stop an idea whose time has come. And he says, liberty is that idea. We must move forward with creativity and confidence. Now, I have a link to this on the show notes. But I got to tell you, that sends a chill up my back more so than some of the other people being deplatformed. More so than, you know, these major personalities on Cumulus Media being told, you will toe the line here. I mean, the official truth, the official truth, the truth you have to believe is that there was nothing questionable about this past election. Now, if your opinion is, hey, everything was great, everything was above the board, that's fine. That's, that's absolutely fine and dandy. However, if you wonder, was it really above board? Did they really, you know, hear the evidence? Was it given a fair hearing, a chance to be sorted out? And if the answer is no, or I'm not sure, that in no way means that, well, you're trying to stab a heart into the, or you're trying to stab a knife into the heart of democracy. You're trying to kill democracy. There's so much contrived outrage. And nobody does that better than politicians. But look at some of the things that they're proposing doing. A new Patriot Act. Come on, the last one was shocking enough because so much of it was aimed at us, we, the American people. What happens when a new one comes along? And it looks like it's being pushed hard right now. They're going to want to lock this down so that nobody who believes freedom is really what uh, we ought to be enjoying ever comes near any form of political power. I mean, I've even seen the, the guy who tweeted, you know, in, in uh, the coming days and weeks ahead, we need to make sure that no teacher, no policeman, no, no doctor, no professional can have been a Trump supporter. They want to purge society of all those who supported Trump by making them unemployable. I mean, if we could teleport some of these people back to, uh, you know, 1930s Germany... They would see a lot of normalcy among German society. It wasn't like everybody full-blown, you know, started goose-stepping. But they would also see that there was a very uh, deliberate effort to isolate portions of society from the rest of society. We're moving in that direction, folks. I don't think that's a good thing. This is The Brian Hyde Show. 
This is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. Glad you could join us today. If you are new to the audience, I want you to go to my uh, my webpage, thebrianhydeshow.com. A couple of things you're going to find there. Show notes. I will have links to all the articles that I discuss, and probably more than a few articles that I don't have time to get to in the course of this broadcast or podcast. So if you're looking for some good, thought-provoking reading, you'll find it there. I don't know how to classify it other than uh, I go to a number of different news aggregator sites. In fact, on the website, you will find a page called Resources for Wrong Thinkers. And if you go there, I have listed some of my favorite sites that I like to visit on a day-to-day basis just to see what they have to offer. I have links. Often there are many of these. You can actually subscribe and and get your own you know uh, email daily. I mean, to understand what, what I'm doing here, it's not just, well, you know, come gather around, kids, while I perform Little Orphan Annie and proclaim the truth. I'm going to speak the truth the best I can, but I'm doing this with the goal... Not of creating followers. I'm doing this with the goal of helping to create leaders who can then step forward and think clearly and independently for themselves and who will will outgrow me and go their own direction, ready to help other people become better informed. I know it's a crazy idea, but I believe strongly that's the way to do it. Rather than, okay, everybody, I need more followers, more followers now. Everybody, let's go this direction. No, I believe in uh, let's let's talk about what matters most. Let's discuss and sort out the principles that are at stake. Let's do our own homework. Make sure we, we know clearly where we stand, who we are. And then let's, let's go forward and help other people figure that out. Because the alternative is to sit back and feel as though you are utterly helpless and you are totally at the whim of those who occupy whatever that is, 10 square miles of swampland in in D.C. Now, you're very capable of running your own life, making your own decisions. And you don't need some bureaucrat from sitting on the Potomac to tell you this is the way things have to be. That's not a popular message these days. That's a very subversive message to some ears. But that's at least part of the message that I'm sharing. You are up to the task. So let's get with it. Caller, welcome to the show. I'm sorry to call in twice, but this is really why I called in in the first time. Um, what, what's your, what is that, the, the wrongful thinkers there? Wrong think. Rebel in wrong think. Let's all stop trying to justify ourselves to these people anymore. Let's just live our lives and the direction we want them to go. Let's stop the debating on the social media and justifying yourself. Let's pour a little, uh, you know, put the fire out. Snuff it out. That's one of the, I think, is one of the biggest things we need to start doing. Okay. Stop justifying our liberty. No, I, I understand. And, Rob, I agree. And, and the, his point about arguing online, too, Look, I know for many of us, we feel like this is where I can do it. This is where I can contribute. I can defend what needs defending. We're all brainwashed. And if you go and, and I mean all of us, myself included, our brainwashing began about age five. And we've had to kind of find our way, you know, out of the swamp of misinformation, as Paul Rosenberg puts it, and and up onto dry land. Everybody's somewhere in that journey. 
Some are further along than others. The really thoughtful ones leave some markers to kind of help us find our way out of that swamp. But every person you talk to has been brainwashed. And I think a lot of people are starting to make that connection now and realize, oh, my gosh, it's true. It's it's like nothing I say has any relevance. They can't even begin to compute it. And trust me, there are issues where you and I are the same way with things that they're saying. But the only thing that I have found that uh, and I have seen it work with my own eyes, I put it into practice. So this is, you know, going on six years now, I have uh, I have used this as, as a method of trying to help people see truth. It's a very simple formula. I give 100% credit to Paul Rosenberg. Lose the need to win. Don't feel like you have to prove yourself to anybody. If you have taken the time to arrive at knowing what you stand for, you won the toughest battle already. That was the battle with yourself. You're already in a great place. You don't have to prove that to anybody else. You don't have to be superior to anybody else. You are better than you were yesterday. That's what counts. And you can tell when you encounter people like this, because when someone else is trying to goad them into an argument, they either won't waste their time or they'll they'll have a way of of avoiding entanglement. But at the same time, making the point that there's more here at stake than, you know, than whatever bumper sticker slogan you're shouting at me. But Rob's right. You don't need somebody's approval. And right now, there are a lot of people, particularly on social media, if they're not people who know you personally. And all they're offering you is criticism and pushback and ridicule and whatnot. Yeah. Step away. Unplug. They just they don't know you and you don't need their approval. They wouldn't give it to you even if, if you you know did manage to win them over somehow. They'd still they just don't care. They, it's, it's not they're there to win. They're there to score points. They're not there to actually engage with you and see if the two of you can come away wiser at the end of the discussion. It's a great time saver once you learn how to discern between what is a productive discussion and what's just evolving into a, you know, show of of domination. And it's totally okay to sidestep those who are doing that show of domination going, carry on. I'll come back when it's a discussion, but I won't stick around for an argument. And you walk away. You don't look back. You just walk away. I know a lot of people are asking the question right now, what do we do? What do we do? And there are no easy answers here because, you know, look, if you're thinking, well, if there's Brian, there's got to be some way that this can all be stopped. If there is, I don't know what it would be. Near as I can tell, things have been set in motion, which are not going to be called back. And that means there's going to be probably more conflict. There's going to be economic upheaval. We've seen it happen in other places. We're fools if we think that it can't possibly happen here. So that leaves us with what kind of things do we have influence and control over? Okay, now we can start talking about stuff that's actually within our reach. I'm of the opinion the best thing that any one of us can do right now is focus on being the best version of yourself possible. Not the one with the most cutting comebacks on social media, but somebody who actually contributes in some way to the goodness of the world around you. I'll leave that up to your, you know, imagination, what that would look like. Those are the people in times of crisis who are sought out and trusted. 
got a couple of articles here that I'm just going to briefly touch on. Um, one of them has to do with the socialists claim their system is morally superior and they're wrong. This is an article by Bradley Thomas. This was published on the Mises.org website. It's a, it's a really solid historical analysis of how did we manage to flip capitalism and socialism around to where socialism is seen as, as selflessness, capitalism is about selfishness, and capitalism is about greed, where socialism is this warm and fluffy meeting people's needs. He's got some great answers here. And one of the things he talks about here is the moral code based on tribal instincts included these three characteristics, self-sacrifice. In other words, making oneself worse off to benefit another. That's a zero sum exchange. Number two, intentionally helping others. And number three, proving or providing help rather to identifiable beneficiaries with shared goals. In other words, the survival of the group. Very helpful in the setting of small tribes. But the tribal instincts established that for the good of the survival of the group, John shares his foul with Jane, intentionally helping an identifiable beneficiary and gets nothing in return. There's zero sum exchange. But it's a moral code in a very early tribal man. Now, he walks us through, you know, how things changed over time, how we learned about self-ownership and property rights and equality before the law and free voluntary exchange. It's a brilliant article. But if, if you want to if you want to argue for freedom or for the free markets, you got to understand what's motivating your opponent. Socialists are motivated by a moral code that was hardwired once into our brains in primitive times and that they're mistakenly mistakenly translating into a means of organizing a much more extended society than the one in which that moral code emerged. So even granting the goals of meeting people's needs and selflessness cherished by socialists, he says, we can make the case that a competitive property-based market economy is far superior at meeting those goals in modern civilization compared to a top-down, centrally controlled socialist system. You can find it in the show notes. I hope you'll check it out. There's other stuff there that's worth your time. Thank you so much for being a part of our audience. If you find something here that hits the right note, feel free to spread the word. This is The Brian Hyde Show.